Warning, this podcast contains mature themes from very immature people. I feel like I have this habit of, for the sake of the joke, making myself less sexy. Like I cannot pass up the joke, even if it's, (laughs) even if it's a joke at my own expense or whatever, I can't, I can't ever pass up the joke just personality wise. Mm -hmm. So this guy I've been flirting with Mm -hmm. sent me like a very short video the other day. And it was like, this is what I have to put up with in my neighborhood. And it was like some chunky middle-aged dude with his pants half down his ass crack bent over in the street in front of his apartment. And I literally could not stop myself, even though I'm trying to woo this man. I was literally like, oh, sorry, that was me. (laughs) (laughs) And all I got back was like a puke face emoji. (laughs) I was like, why do I do this to myself every time. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's quite frankly helped by the fact that you're incredibly beautiful and and sexy. So you can get away (laughs) with making those jokes every now and then. I mean, that's nice of you to say, but on the inside, I definitely feel more like a chunky middle-aged man with my pants half down my ass crack in the street. But that's the beauty (laughs) of it because you have, you have, okay. 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 You've got to bear with me. You've got to bear with me on this next bit. I am bearing with you. You have. I'm, I, hang hang on. I have to work myself up (laughs) to say. Is this about to get weird? What's going on? No, no, You have the kind of sense of humor that only comes from being ugly in middle school. (laughs) you're not wrong (laughs) but you have that sense of humor and that wit and that intellect in a beautiful uh swan like you know ugly duckling to beautiful swan body and with luscious beautiful hair and you know the face that you've got which is great um (laughs) it's you know so you're the total package you're an ugly person's personality in a beautiful person's body (laughs) that's very kind of you to say i appreciate that um and 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 you're reminding me of that time we were talking about um jenny slate whom we both Mm -hmm. adore and think is incredibly talented and we were talking about how she is as hot as you can possibly be and still develop a personality as a person. (laughs) Right. Right. Absolutely. Do you ever think about how hot people, they never have to learn joke structure. (laughs) (laughs) They never learn that timing, that setup and payoff. (laughs) They never have to learn any of that because anything they say, even if it's just like, "Mm, yeah, I went to the store today. Someone's like, Oh my God, you're hilarious. So it's like, it's, it's just so easy to be attractive. That's true. (laughs) Speaking from experience. um, I mean, yeah. Not speaking from experience. um, Speaking from watching it from afar, (laughs) thinking brutally mean thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't want you any other way. Oh, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. Being ugly is character building. Absolutely. I mean, why do you think I've put zero effort into improving myself? (laughs) Because you started out perfect. And I won't hear another word about it. You cunt. (laughs) You say the sweetest thing. Welcome to Let's Get It On Film, the all things sex in film and TV podcast. We're your hosts, Kate and Lauren. Hi, Kate. Hi, Lauren. (laughs) I love how we start this podcast. It's so fun. 
<laughs> we have a routine now. I Isn't know. that nice? Oh my god. Oh, I'm happy for us. I know. Next thing you know, we'll be totally bored. <laughs> we'll just be phoning it in. I mean, honestly, at this point, we already schedule it in for once a week on Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And weren't you, uh, weren't you watching your film right before we were ready to record? Shh. That's a trade secret. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> I'm very well prepared for this. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. In any case, I'm so excited for this episode. I know you've been you've been waiting for this one. I wanted this one. Yeah, this has been my the one that I've been looking forward to uh, because I think it's a fun kind of thing. It's the it's the sort of thing that only happens in movies. Oh, or we'll get into that, I think. But it happens most dramatically in movies. Certainly, yes. Um, the the circumstances surrounding it get escalated in movies in a way that they don't in real life. Yes. Uh, so we're going to be talking about coitus interruptus. Ah, uh, yes. Everyone's worst nightmare. Yes. Being walked in on while you do the do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it is not something I've experienced. Have you experienced this, Kate? I have not, no. Mm. Well. <laughs> Good talk. Good talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't, this is why I don't know that it happens in real life. Uh, I think it's, 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 as long as you put a sock on the door, like, it's probably fine. Oh, oh, that did send me a visceral memory back to college. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a very college thing to do, put a sock on the door. I really wish you were living an adult life over there. It's been a while. <laughs> no, I had a sun memory of um, my first college roommate before you, Kate. Uh, I I don't know her. I know. <laughs> I, I shared a... Uh, I shared like a double with this girl and her boyfriend came to visit one weekend and I was just like, derp, 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 I'll just go down to the dining hall and get some food and come back up. And as I'm coming back up, I like, don't even think to knock. Don't even think about it. And I opened the door <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> she just like hurled herself across the room to press herself against the door to close it. I was just sort of like thrown back by the force of it. And she was just like whispering through the door, like, can you come back later? I'm so sorry. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, that that was entirely my fault. She's like, OK, just go away. We don't need to talk. Right. Like, yeah. So I that was uh, the one time I think in college I really got sexiled. Mm. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I ever got sexiled because none of your roommates were cool enough. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if any of my roommates were, as were one doing much fucking. Yeah. Well, when by the time we lived together, we all had separate bedrooms, so mm -hmm. you could safely fuck with that one guy you pretended to like <laughs> yeah. from a distance. Yeah. Didn't have to worry about it. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Anyway, should we get into the episode? <laughs> I'm sorry. Was that too real? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm, it's, I'm, I'm sorry, college boyfriend whose name definitely begins with a G, who I definitely remember. I, if you're out there, I'm so sorry. Uh, so coitus interruptus. Coitus interruptus. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Did you know that coitus interruptus is the technical term for the pullout method? It doesn't really what? mean being interrupted during sex. It means interrupting yourself during sex. What? I know. I we could have just done a whole that. coitus interruptus episode about Bridgerton, but Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, we have to have we have to talk about Bridgerton at some point. Uh that <laughs> show was wild. Uh I didn't know that about coitus interruptus. I thought it literally meant inter interrupting during sex. Oh, that's a shame. Um, but anyway, do you, would, uh, mm, would you like to go first or should I? Cause I genuinely can't remember who did it last time. Uh, you went first last time, so I'll go. Okay. Try not to get too excited, but 
I present you with a gay cinema classic this week. <gasps> Yay! Um, I brought for you My Beautiful Laundrette, mm-hmm. which is a 1985 British dramedy mm-hmm. written by Hanif Qureshi, directed by Stephen Frears, who also directed The Queen, Mrs. Henderson Presents, Victoria and Abdul. Um, if she's your fave and she's over age 60, he has directed her in something. <laughs> And if it matters or is unclear in any way, laundrette is the British word for laundromat. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It sounds so much better than laundromat. I would love to go to I a know. laundrette. Oh. I know. But catch me at a laundry mat. Like, uh No, laundromats are gross. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so uh, it should be noted off the bat that this movie is such classic gay cinema that when I rented it on Amazon, my other suggestions were my own private Idaho and Morris. <laughs> like it's that. It's that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also the first, I believe the first starring role in a movie for Daniel Day Lewis, who is widely oh. recognized as one of the most talented actors ever. He's got yeah. Three leading actor Oscars, four BAFTAs, three SAGs, two Golden Globes, and a knighthood. <laughs> um, wow. And he was also really cute in the 80s. Mm. I would say this movie is before he was a great actor, uh, but also <laughs> that the script probably leaves a little bit to be desired. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. I mean... Come on. Yeah. Um, the movie also has some interesting characteristics, including like a hate crime turned romance situation and okay. also ki- kissing cousins. So your mileage may vary. Just okay. putting it out there. Yeah. So My Beautiful Andrette is about a young British Pakistani guy named Omar, whose uncle gives him a failing laundromat business to run. He's played by... Gordon Warnecke, who's very, very handsome, but doesn't appear to have had much of an acting career after this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel Day-Lewis plays this not-quite-reformed fascist skinhead punk type named Johnny, who was a childhood friend of Omar's. Um, and near the start of the movie, a gang of Johnny's friends start harassing and threatening Omar and some relatives in their car. And Omar is able to de-escalate the situation when he spots Johnny and gets out of the car to chat with him. Mm-hmm. He's really enamored with this guy even though his friends are verbally assaulting him and his family Ooh, this, this is a bit rough yeah i'm just it's britain in the 80s it's the thatcher years it's deep thatcher years mm. so as we move forward omar hires johnny to clear the riffraff out of this laundromat and help him get the business on its feet uh and it's pretty modern in that without much fanfare or attention to the subject at all, they start hooking up and working together. Hmm. There is not a smidge of like, oh my God, is our relationship changing? Or like, oh my God, what are we doing? Or, oh my God, we might get caught. It's very much like in one scene, they're working together. And then in the next scene, they're smiling and kissing. It's like really, really modern in that way, which I think is great. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds nice. I know. Um, And so on grand opening day of the laundrette, when they're waiting for dad and uncle to show up, um, Omar and Johnny go to the back office of the laundromat and they get it on. (laughs) Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. So um, it's not a brutal interruptus. Mm -hmm. Um, The interrupters are... Omar's uncle and his mistress (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. at one point they come into the laundromat and decide to dance and flirt while they wait for Omar and Johnny to appear comically they joke about marrying Omar off yeah that that got me uh that got me a bit (laughs) Mm -hmm. um you know they start dancing together and it's pretty cute and this string (laughs) waltz plays in their mind and kind of becomes the soundtrack to the scene which I think is gorgeous. Um, Omar and Johnny are celebrating and they're drinking champagne. And for me, the standout moment is when Johnny sips some champagne. Sips some champagne. Yes. Into his mouth. And then he lets it drip out of his mouth into Omar's. Okay. I'm not into this idea in practice, but in theory, I am so hot for it. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we have a lot to discuss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My first thought upon watching this scene is, hey, we're meant to be doing love scenes, not uh, 
middle-aged people dancing scenes. <laughs> but you know I love watching middle-aged people <laughs> dance, Lauren. I know, but that's for your other podcast about... <laughs> About only middle-aged people dancing on screen. Will you host that one with me too? I refuse. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, but so it's interesting the amount of time that's divided between uh, Omar and Johnny, you said. Um, Mm -hmm. Omar and Johnny and then uh, the, the guy and his mistress. And I do love... I, I do I do enjoy this scene for all that I'm I'm you know taking the piss uh as the Brits would say. <laughs> I do enjoy this scene. It's it's very beautiful and and I love the juxtaposition between the two actions of like the hang on, hang on, hang on. I have a thought. I have a thought. It's brewing. It's brewing. <laughs> it's interesting that. The uncle and his mistress are in the well-lit area, are dancing, they're perfectly respectable, and the thing that is covert and possibly shameful is, is this beautiful scene between these two men. Here's my thought on that. It's not so much that it portrays the gay relationship is shameful so much as to me it reads as commentary on whose honestly improper relationship can exist in the light and which exactly one still correct. has to hide in the dark yes exactly correct that's what i was trying to reach yeah so so for me it's not really portraying it as shameful so much as it's saying um this one which is really more legitimate and isn't hurting anyone is mm-hmm. having to hide in the back room exist in the dark and that one even though it's infidelity even though it stands to hurt people Mm -hmm. is very proper very classic and exists in the light just like it always has yes that is what i was struggling to reach that idea that the um (laughs) it's it's the way that society is viewing them and it's because society views one even though it's like you said improper you know it's 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 lying it's cheating they can perform the motions uh, with that waltz of, you know, respectability. And there's nothing that these two men can do in this society that they live in to be open and to be like comfortable and not seem like dirty and wrong. So they have to be in the back room. Mm-hmm. And allow me to describe the scene because we kind of jumped right oh, over that. Yes. Sorry. So Omar and Johnny are in the back office of the laundromat, which exists behind um, two-way glass. So it's a mirror on the laundromat side and on the office side, it's a window. So they're backlit by this office window through which you can see the uncle and his mistress dancing. Mm -hmm. And it's got hard lighting. So... Um, a lot of a lot of bright spots and shadows um, and you see the hard lighting bounce off like their sweaty backs and shoulders and it gives them these really good um, highlights and shadows. So that's really what you're seeing in the foreground and then in the background through this brightly lit window, you see the uncle and his mistress dancing. Mm-hmm. Is there a moment in this scene where uh, Omar turns off the light? Um, yes. Yeah. Just just at the beginning, as yeah. soon as they start kissing, he turns off the light in the office. And that is a beautiful transition to this hard contrast uh, with the slats uh, of the of the window behind them uh, and the just beautiful silhouettes that they make. Oh, love that. Yes. Um, and you can't tell in the scene, and I, I don't know if you've seen this movie, but that conversation they're having right at the beginning where... Johnny is reassuring Omar that he's with him and is like, I'll make it up to you. What he's saying he's going to make up to him is <laughs> like being a fascist and marching in fascist rallies hmm. where Omar and his father saw him doing so. Hmm. You know, I so, don't know. I don't know how many blowjobs can make up for that. It's a lot. It's, it's a lot. A lot of blowjobs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I have not. I have not seen this film. Uh, it's come up a few times where it's been like, oh, we should watch this film. It's, you know, a piece of gay history. But it's it's always not, it's, it's just never been a, the right time. Like it's, 
am I wrong? This this film sort of seems like a little bit of a bummer. Um, less than you'd think. Okay. By the way they address it, um, particularly because Omar's our main character. Omar's our protagonist. So from his point of view, even from the very beginning, when you should think that he would feel very hurt or betrayed by this guy who had been his childhood friend. And right from the very beginning, even when Johnny's friends are like assaulting his family, Omar is clearly infatuated with this man. Like his face lights up. He gets out of the car and his face lights up and he's like, Hey Johnny, (laughs) which is a lot, but because, (laughs) because Omar's our protagonist and that's how he feels. That's kind of how you go through this. And it's a very, I mean, I'm watching this movie from 1985 from from the year 2021 with um, a lot more thoughts and feelings about mm. skinhead culture than maybe yeah. they had in 1985 when you could casually call your boyfriend a packy, maybe. I don't know, but Ooh. it's not. It's really hard to digest as you watch. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about the sex because that's what we're here for. Yeah. I mean, we're here for all of it. I love... Uh, I, I think the best shot does come after they've, they've turned off the light, they're kissing, and we get uh, some nice shots of, uh, of the, the middle-aged couple. And then we get this beautiful, beautiful shot of Daniel Day-Lewis, I guess, just nuzzling his neck and then lifting the bottle to his lips. And then, ugh, I, I don't, I don't, let's get into it. I don't care for that. It's a li- it's a little mama bird, baby bird. Mm-hmm. Again, in in practice, absolutely not. But in theory, it is working for me. This is a thing that I've I've sort of noticed for some reason. I'm really into those scenes where people are being a little bit gross and messy and like licking ice cream or whatever off of each other. It kind of does it for me. I've never tried it in real life, and I don't really want to. Mm-hmm. But they do a lot of necking and kind of licking champagne off of each other, which is really hot and intimate. It's it's very intimate. The inclusion of the liquid plays into the hard lighting, and so it catches yes the light, um, which is lovely and cinematic. <laughs> yes, I do appreciate. It's very. Mm, let's say it's very obvious about what action is occurring. You know, if that's your thing, you appreciate it. All all I can think of, this is a diversion. All I can think of is a scene that I'm sure I'm going to talk about later, but it's from Disobedience, where uh, Rachel Weisz uh, spits into Rachel McAdams' mouth. (laughs) I've only ever heard about this. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure I'm going to talk about it at some point. But uh, that's all that can make me think of because it's it's a I think you can admit it's a polarizing move. It's a polarizing move. It seems to be rooted, I will say, mostly between gay men Mm. is where most of your spitting and sex happens, at least according to porn. Mm. Yeah, I mean, not to reference another thing that I'm sure we'll talk about, but Brokeback Mountain spit is lube. (laughs) Hey, don't get ahead of our episodes. I know, here. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, there is. I, I can understand it on an intellectual level um, because it is like, what are we doing here when we're having sex? We're exchanging bodily fluids. Just mm-hmm. does it matter which end they're coming from? It shouldn't. <laughs> you know, it's it's it's. I, once you've got your dick in somebody's ass, like you should be fine with any, like you can put your fingers anywhere. Like you can, you can lick their ear, like the ear canal, like it's fine. Do you, do you know, like stick your finger up their nose? What does it matter? <laughs> Actually, now that you mentioned that there's a, a very brief scene, um, leading up to this grand opening where, um, Johnny is up on a ladder in front of the laundromat and he's, putting up a sign or painting or something and Omar comes around and they, he climbs down off the ladder and they talk for a second and Johnny's friends are standing around them. And so Omar hugs him and Johnny kind of slyly slyly leans forward and licks his neck, (laughs) which again, 
in practice, no, but watching it on screen, yes. He's got this cute little like stripe of paint on his cheekbone. And you know, Daniel Day Lewis was and remains handsome even in his 60s, but Mm -hmm. back in the 80s when he was prime man meat, he was super cute Mm -hmm. and all cheekbones and very cheekbones. Yeah. The the champagne moment aside, I do love this scene, uh, this shot rather, where Omar has is has his arm around Johnny's neck and is pulling him in for this deep kiss, and you can see the like beaded is that a beaded curtain behind them? Mm-hmm. You can see through the beaded curtain and through this two way mirror, you can see the 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 man and the woman dancing. It's a beautiful framing. I just love it. Plus, you got mm-hmm. fingers going down Daniel Day Lewis's really ripped back. Yeah, it's a nice back, isn't it? It's a nice, I'm not a shiny back. back. Uh, he's got like a very muscular back and shoulders, not like Captain America muscular, but like, mm-hmm. uh, but very toned. You see in that moment where he lifts the bottle of champagne to take a sip, Omar just starts like kissing down his shoulder to like his bicep, like won't stop kissing him, which is really hot. Yeah. And really sexy for a scene, which is essentially just naked kissing. They're not really having sex. They're completely naked, but really they're just, they're just playing around back there (laughs) naked with champagne. (laughs) Um, And it's still really hot. (laughs) Playing around back there. I mean, that's how. I mean, that's Fuck how you. I describe all my anal sex. <laughs> We're just Fuck playing you. around. Back you there. know, that's not what I meant. We're just playing around. <laughs> just having a good time. Just playing around. It's not back anal, there. man. We were just playing around. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, really, they're just kissing and drinking champagne and and hooking up. Hmm. And then finally, finally, they spot Omar's uncle through the window and they frantically dive apart. Mm -hmm. And um, Johnny is still pulling his sweater back on when the uncle walks into the office and iconically says, what the hell are you doing, sunbathing? Because they're like Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And Omar says, we were asleep, uncle, shagged out. Which means exhausted, but it's hilarious because they were shagging. (laughs) Yeah. And I love this moment of the uncle clearly not believing them. His (laughs) his eyes kind of like he loses the smile from the like sunbathing to just this kind of confused to sort of blank expression uh, and leaves the room. And it's like, yeah. You shouldn't have said shagged out, really. <laughs> we were just napping together naked, Uncle. What are you worried about? It's just, just a napping sleepover. together naked at work. Yeah. God. We had a pillow fight, too. <laughs> um, and it's also funny that you kind of subtly see Johnny make this transition from like grotty squatting in an old house dirty skinhead to the nice kind of clean cut boy he is in the scene wearing khakis and like a Mm. light colored sweater he looks like such a respectable fellow except for that bad bleach job in his hair but but this this is a a marked change from what he looked like earlier in the movie just you know costuming wise Mm. omar's been a good influence on him yeah it's, I don't know what it is about a sweater, but he looks soft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He does. He's got a really kind smile, I think, that Daniel Day-Lewis. Mm. This is a beautiful scene. I I enjoy it. I think my one critique would be, I, I wish it was more explicit. Mm-hmm. I, but I understand, I, like, for 85, like, just to have gay sex pictured in general, like, is very cool. Yeah. And to have, like, no discussion of homophobia. (laughs) Yeah, that they just... Like, at no point are they like, oh, no, we can't do this, it's wrong. Mm -hmm. They just get together, and they love each other, and they hook up, and there's some weirdness and some tension and stuff, but it's not really ever, like, the world telling them they can't be together. Mm Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 
so let's uh, stop for a second let's and give this thing a, a rating. Yeah. A rating on the stop scale, S-T-A-H-P, stop. Mm-hmm. The S is for soundtrack, which I'm going to give it a two. It's oh. this like string symphony orchestra thing. It's cute and it's romantic, but it's not super sexy. It threads these two sort of like scenes and couples together nicely. It's definitely not a fuck jam, though. Yeah. And as far as I can tell, it's just original score. Oh, is it? Because I kept thinking that it reminded me of something. Me too. Um, however, this movie is scored by Hans Zimmer. Oh! Who has been nominated for Oscars for his original scores like a dozen times for everything from The Lion King to The Prince of Egypt to Dunkirk. Mm-hmm. So this is also fairly early work for uh, um, another really brilliant creative. Huh. So next is timing, which I gave a three. It's too short. Period. It's, it's too, too short. short. It's about it's about 90 seconds intercut with the dancing old people. I would like at least another 60 seconds of um, watching these two naked and kissing because they're just so pretty. <laughs> they're so pretty. And I, like I said, my first impression is, is this a gay sex scene or is this a middle-aged dancing scene? I think the ratio is very off for what I'm interested in. Por que no los dos, Lauren? I know, I know. I understand. People have different tastes, but I would prefer a bit more of the homosexual acts. I get it. Um, and, and on that note, that boosted authenticity for me. I gave authenticity a three, which you wouldn't necessarily give a coitus interruptus scene again mm-hmm. because it's such heightened circumstances but honestly if you leave a couple of young dudes alone for 10 minutes they're gonna start <laughs> hooking up <laughs> i uh yes i can't argue with you there can i ask uh how does the champagne moment as i'm calling it diplomatically how does that factor into authenticity so for me, that plays into the heat more than the authenticity, I guess. But okay. I also don't think it's inauthentic. It's um, it's a little dirty, but I don't think it's inauthentic. Okay, good. I wanted to raise the question, but I accept that answer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. Um, so for heat, I give it a four. It, it, so the scene doesn't feature penetrative sex, and it's not very explicit, but the intimacy of it mm-hmm. is really, really hot. The fun celebratory nature of what they're doing really gets me um, that they pop this bottle of champagne and they just can't help themselves. Um, I think it's really hot. I love this one a lot. Yeah, I agree. Uh, one, one thing I notice about this in terms of heat is uh, the beads of sweat that you can see on, uh, on mm-hmm. Johnny's back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do love reminders of sweat. I don't know why, like it's the exertion, it's the feeling of sweat under your fingers, slipping your hands, like that whole sensory thing is very attractive to me in a sex scene. Uh, for me, because that is probably my least favorite part of sex in practice is really? the feeling like I get sweaty and unattractive. Um that it it almost like it looks great in the lighting of the scene and so mm-hmm. it's better in this scene for me than it is in other cases but i also very often get taken out of the scene and i just imagine the poor pa with the spray bottle that's standing <laughs> on the side of them <laughs> between takes just like <laughs> making his back wet <laughs> Oh, and it's probably like a glycerin solution too like so that the droplets will form better yeah <laughs> Yeah. Oh, dear. Um, (laughs) So anyway, smoking hot. Um, Smoking hot. there. Yeah. Um, Production value, I also gave a four. Mm -hmm. This is a low-budget 80s movie, and honestly, the fact that it's even watchable is a miracle. Mm -hmm. Overall, I think it's really, really well done. It's really well balanced visually. Again, that idea of, like, what can exist in the light and what has to hide in the dark, I think is really meaningful and impactful yeah and really clear visually Mm -hmm. i think the editing could be better as just an aside i noticed a cut that i wouldn't use where they go from a pretty close-up shot of 
the two of them uh, kissing. It's the champagne moment. Uh, and then it goes directly to a medium shot. It just pulls back a couple feet. Mm-hmm. It's not a jump cut. It's a change in position. Uh, but it's one of those things where it's like, have you earned <laughs> this cut? Have you earned this? You're such a professional. They just didn't have the footage. <laughs> right. It's something I pick up on is a, a cut that is just a change in position that doesn't seem necessary. That's fair. Um, I agree with you. Um, just out of curiosity, have you ever seen my own private Idaho or Morris? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I have not. I also haven't seen Philadelphia. What? That's crazy. Yeah. I don't like bummers. <laughs> oh, no. Letting it go without comment. No. No. Do you hear that? More it's homophobic. Um, no. That's not what I meant. <laughs> Lauren, what did you bring for me? Oh, my God. Um, You startled me. (laughs) Did I interrupt you? (laughs) Oh, my God. You're so clever. (laughs) I'm on theme. So I have brought to you one of, I think, the most classic coitus interruptus scenes that exists in film. uh, And that is atonement. Ooh. I've never seen it, but it's got a lot of actors that I really like. It does. It's I chose this because I knew that the coitus interruptus scene was a huge crux of the plot. And it is like the major plot point. It's beautifully shot. It's directed by Joe Wright, who did Pride and Prejudice, uh, Anna Karenina, all three period pieces with Keira Knightley. <laughs> It's set in England. The first half is set in about mid-1930s, maybe early 1930s England. Um, And then there are a few time skips to later uh, in World War II. A few other things to note about this film. So I was was watching this film, and uh, I'll I'll say this to sort of trigger warn. Um, Pretty early on in the film, I'm like, "Mm, is Benedict Cumberbatch playing a pedophile? I had to step back and I had to look on Wikipedia and I went, yep, 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 yep. He's playing a pedophile rapist. Yeah, that's basically the only thing I do know about the movie, aside from like who's in the cast, is that Benedict Cumberbatch plays one of his earlier creepier roles. Yeah. Before people decided he was sexy, he played a lot of creepers. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we won't be talking about that. But the basics of this film is that we start in the middle of a, of a normal summer day. Amid this day, we see glimpses of a blossoming romance between Kira Knightley's character, which is Cecilia and uh, James McAvoy's character, which is Robbie. The film is told at least mostly through the perspective of the, I believe, 13-year-old main character, Bryony, who is played excellently by Saoirse Ronan. One of her earliest film works, I think, and she's so good. She got a she got an Oscar nom for that, didn't she? Do you know I forgot? I didn't I didn't look. Uh, <laughs> Damn it, I do this to you every time. You do this every time. <laughs> Hold on, I'll look. No, I'm looking it up. I can do it. Uh, uh, accolades, uh, um, Academy Awards, Saoirse Roman nominated Best Supporting Actress. Yes. Okay, Kate, this is my problem. Atonement got so many awards and nominations that they have, it's a separate Wikipedia page called List of Accolades Received by Atonement. Damn. So that is why I did not immediately have that information. It's based on a book by Ian McEwen. I have to say at least one name wrong. Um, McEwen. McEwen? McEwen. Ian McEwen. This film and this novel that it's based on are very much about loss of innocence. And it's beautifully portrayed. uh, The loss of innocence in that cusp of childhood 
where you're starting to understand some things about the adult world, about sexuality, about relationships, but you're not quite there. And so you misunderstand. And it's also in the later half about loss of innocence uh, for England as a country um, where they felt so powerful and so on top of the world. And then they are brought solo by things like the Blitz. Mm -hmm. The collapse of an empire. Yes. So it's, it's very much the theme of innocence and the loss of that rings true throughout the whole film. And it's exceptionally well told. So, so there's this romance between Keira Knightley and James McAvoy's character, Cecilia and Robbie. Um, like I said, it's been, it's been building off screen for weeks, but we see it in the moment through the eyes of this child, Bryony. Cecilia and Bryony are sisters. Okay. They are the ladies of the house of this estate uh, with their mother. Um, and Robbie is, he is the son of the uh, housekeeper. They talk about how Robbie and Cecilia were in Cambridge together and never spoke to each other um, because Cecilia was feeling a bit, I think, embarrassed of their difference in class. Mm. But back home, they're just a man and a woman, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love this. Yeah. And uh, so there's a moment where Robbie's back in his little cottage that he shares with his mom and he's writing on the typewriter. The typewriter is a major motif in this film. Uh, and he's writing out different versions of an apology letter to Cecilia and sort of an apology letter that also reveals sort of how much he's been thinking about her. Something that says sort of like, when I'm with you, I feel quite foolish. Something like that. <laughs> That's so British. <laughs> I know. Yes. Something like that. Uh, but, and this is a fun moment, he has one draft that he just writes the most sexually explicit things he can sort of think of. He's being honest and vulgar. And in it, he writes, in my dreams, I kiss your sweet cunt. Ooh. Right? And he kind of looks at this and he laughs and he puts it aside. He folds it and he puts it aside. Um, and then he handwrites another letter that is, you know, what he actually intends to give her. Unfortunately, in, in, in putting the uh, envelope together of the note that he wants to send, oh, he puts the wrong note my, in the envelope. My heart can't take that. Uh, and he delivers this envelope with this note to Bryony to deliver to Cecilia. Mm. Bryony opens it. Oh. reads it oh. is encountered with as she says later the worst word she could imagine uh but sort of not i think not knowing what else to do she does pass the note on to cecilia who has this realization as she's reading it not just of robbie's feelings but that Bryony had read it so this is all sort of taking place they're, they're about to have a, a like dinner party to celebrate um, the son returning home from Cambridge uh, and Robbie has been invited to this dinner and Cecilia goes to meet him when he comes to the door and there's a tension between them of he knows he knows that he messed up. He realized later that he put the wrong note in and Cecilia says, Bryony read it and he apologizes and she kind of leads him into the house it's one of those things sort of like in body heat where she's not being overt about saying like, come here, follow me. But with her actions, she's kind of guiding him where she wants him. Mm -hmm. So she guides him into this closed library and they just give in to their passion. Uh, and it all just comes crashing down. And it's this beautiful moment where they're up against a bookshelf. And all the tension that's been building and it, and we can feel it. We can feel that it's been weeks. All just starts pouring out. I'm so excited. So that's what I'm going to send to you. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. I have a lot of thoughts about that. 
<laughs> I have a lot of thoughts too, uh, if you'll permit me. Um, so just off the bat, I want to say Kira Knightley describes this as the best sex scene she's ever done. She says it was both the best sex scene, but also the best to shoot because Joe Wright choreographed the scene within an inch of its life. Uh, it was absolutely foot goes up there, hand goes up there. So both me and James felt utterly comfortable and not exposed and like we could deal with it. It's never going to be fun, but we could deal with it. I think that's really a fun thing, especially coming from uh, a woman who's, uh, well, I don't, I don't know necessarily how many sex scenes she's done, but it's nice that this is ranked number one. Yes, because the intensity of it is breathtaking. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Having absolutely no connection to these characters un- and only the context you provided me, that was fucking breathtaking. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. Uh, I think it has a very similar feeling to Titanic. There's the emphasis on the long gaze that they share in between that first kind of kiss and they pull back and they kind of look at each other. Um, and that look where you can see he's asking for her consent and she gives a little nod. That Mm -hmm. look is so sexy. And that brings me back to that long lingering gaze in Titanic. And there are also a lot of like, similarly to Titanic, a lot of hands grasping for purchase. You know, there's that uh, moment of her gripping the ladder, uh, which just reminds me of the hand thrown out against the car window. Mm hmm. Yeah, man, that truly that that first look, I mean, he comes at her so aggressively for that first kiss. It is mm-hmm. such a decisive moment and it's mm-hmm. such an intense kiss. And then he immediately pulls back and sort of like seeks her eye contact and has they have that moment of like, oh, my God, I'm so there. You're there with me, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which is really hot. <laughs> Very attractive. They're both on the same page. And that's what you want. You want that feeling. Man, they start off so strong. Yes, they start off so strong. And what I like most about this scene is it's emphasizing how much they lost in this own world. From the moment that they have that long gaze and they kiss, they are just trapped together in this in this tiny bubble. And there's this very soft focus from the incredibly shallow depth of field that they kind of sway in and out of. Like they, they go blurry after that first kiss. And there's these claustrophobically tight close-ups, mostly on the face and the hands that really accentuate the sort of sensual, you know, sensual uh, sensations that they're, that they're feeling, you know, what they're seeing, what they're, what they're feeling, what they're touching. Mm. You're up so close on them that you hear them gasp and you're so close that you you truly feel like you also can't breathe. <laughs> yeah. And uh, again, I feel a little strange for bringing another sex scene without a soundtrack. But if this is a case where I think it works exceptionally well because um, we're just hearing their their breaths and their like moans and that uh, that gasp when he uh, when he penetrates her. And it's unequivocal that that's what's happened. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there are a few notable shots uh, of the dress like slipping over oh, the knee. When he, when he pulls the spaghetti strap down over her shoulder. Yes. When he pulls the spaghetti strap down, when she's uh, when she's unbuttoning his pants in that kind of cool moment. And uh, and then her foot comes out of her heel. Yeah. And I want to talk for a moment, if I may, about the dress. Yes, this dress is gorgeous. I noticed that right away. It's such a gorgeous dress. Apparently, replicas of this dress have sold for upwards of $30,000. That does not shock me because my first thought was, so many people want this dress. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And I have a quote from costume designer Jacqueline Duran, who said, the real secret of the green dress is its function in the movie. If it hadn't had that function, it could have been a dress that comes and goes, really. But because it has such a pivotal moment, or she's wearing it at such a pivotal moment, and Seamus and Joe have shot it in a way, and Kira looks so good in it, 
I think it's just this perfect storm of things all going right at the same time, which I think is true. Uh, but there's so much thought and so much attention that went into this like costume design while it's helped by the fact that it comes at such a pivotal moment. I think it's really kind of undercutting it because it's just, it would be an incredible dress on its own. It's incredible work. And not to be that guy, but it's also like really thin fabric and she's very braless. <laughs> yes. It's apparently Joe Wright said uh, that one of the main things is that this is taking place on the hottest day of the year. And so that was one of the directions when making this costume is imagine what you'd want to wear on the hottest day of the year. So it's very light. It's very flimsy. It moves with her body. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And the, the high slit design of it is definitely function as well as form too, because it creates that incredibly striking shot after Briny walks in and you cut from her like, her horrified face to them absolutely like splayed out, like they're crucified together and you, you barely see the dress. You see Kira's arms and her legs and not much dress. And, um, and, and James McAvoy just splayed out in front of her arms wide. And it's so striking in that moment. So striking. Her hand is like, like grasped in his hair. And so you see Mm -hmm. that like, giant diamond bracelet and just her yes. like <laughs> just like clutching his hair oh what a shot oh my god i yes i i want to get into that uh i i do want to double back for a moment and talk mm-hmm. about the exchanging of i love yous that moment where uh there's like i said unequivocally penetration mm-hmm. and they just sort of hold their breath for a moment and everything yes. stops. An unequivocal penetration about 30 seconds after they first break their romantic tension, no less. Yeah, very quick. First kiss and then they are have an intercourse very shortly thereafter. Yes, very quick. So they exchange I love yous very sweetly, I think. Um, and there's this great moment where I don't know if I if you picked up on this. But uh, in terms of the framing, for most of the shots of them kissing, they're very uneven. One person is sort of taking up the bulk of the frame and the other person is kind of like shadowed by them. It's very, you know, uneven and focused on what each of them individually is feeling. After they exchange I love yous, there's a shot of them from the side in profile Mm. where uh, Kira Knightley kisses him and for a moment they move from sort of unequal partners in this to being equally shown in the frame. And I think that's really beautiful. Yeah. There, another thing with the kissing is that they do a lot of that, like not quite kissing, just breathing the same air thing. I yes. love that <laughs> where they're like almost kissing, but their mouths are like not quite coming together. And then they shift and it like happens again. And it's just kind of uh, <sighs> brushing, I believe lips brushing mm-hmm. is how we would describe that. It always gives that impression of like the feeling was so intense that they like couldn't even commit all the way to the kiss like they they were already trying to move on to the next one because they were so into it that it's like they're shifting before they can quite connect i love yes i I my favorite movie kiss things it's definitely it fulfills your desire for the sort of like not full tonguing you know it's it's very beautiful lippy kissing Mm -hmm. so then we get to this moment where uh, the door opens and Cecilia's eyes go wide and we have this, you know, horrified moment where she whispers in his ear, someone's come in and there's a very brief shot of him blinking over her shoulder, sort of in disbelief, like, no, that couldn't be right. <laughs> and then the little girl, Briny, says her name, says Cecilia. And uh, then we get this cut and we're out of their little world. We're out of their little bubble. And it's 
unflinchingly focused, wide, and revealing how debauched they look. Mm -hmm. We go from this beautiful, loving, tender moment of them just being so into each other and in love to then it seeming dirty and sordid and shameful. And it's told visually so well with just that cut from, you know, their faces close together to Bryony, to them in that perfect wide, as you said. Mm-hmm. And again, to me, it's, it's sort of that imagery of like, to just to drive home that, that Bryony would understand it as something bad. Really, to me, it's like that image splayed out like crucifixion. That's what yeah. it looks like to me. <laughs> yeah. And so Bryony walking in on this moment that she's perceiving as probably violent and confusing. And yes. Uh, at the very least, super upsetting would be my understanding of it. And to have mm-hmm. it be like the, <laughs> the imagery of a dead <laughs> Jesus Christ kind of like really drives home the point for me. Oh my God. Just the the horror of them going completely still realizing what's happened, seeing Briny's face and them knowing that they just need to pull, pull their bodies apart and get decent again without exposing anything to her. Mm-hmm. And again, that is just incredible choreography where you just kind of see them pull apart, but not like move apart because that would expose something. You see the straps go back up on the dress. Mm-hmm. You see McAvoy reach forward to be tucking things back in his pants. Oh my God. It's like you can feel the boner die. It's incredible. (laughs) Yeah. And it's all silent. Completely, brutally silent. Yes. And it's, it's like they're not equipped to even deal with the situation. They're being so British right now. (laughs) They just like cannot even address what's happened. No, they just, they get it together facing away from Briny and then they walk out past her. They don't look at her. They yep. don't talk to her. Yep. They just leave that child there in her horror. Yes. Which, you know, maybe if they talked about it, things wouldn't go so bad for the rest of the film. Maybe if they just like had a talk and they were like, sometimes... Adults do things that seem strange, but really, it's fine. Maybe she would have been okay. I'm not even confident I could handle watching this whole movie. It was I'm rough. Like, I'm really affected by just what you've told me in like this five minutes of it. It's rough. I'll be honest. I was watching it, and after I got to the sex scene, I was like, do I really have to finish this film? (laughs) Like things aren't going to get better from here, but I soldiered on, which is a pun. Hmm. Um, (laughs) And yes, uh, it's, it's terribly bleak and there is no real happy ending uh, to be found here, but uh, it is a beautiful drama. It's incredibly well told, incredibly well shot. I understand why it needs its own Wikipedia page for accolades. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. It's hard that a lot of times the hottest, most intense sex also comes with the most intense drama. (laughs) I know. I know. It's so upsetting. Um, Well, Kate, I'm going to have to ask you to stop. Stop. Tell me how you'd rank this movie, Lauren. I think for soundtrack, it's unfortunate that I've yet to bring uh, a really powerful fuck jam. (laughs) But I think it's so effective to just hear them gasping because like you said, it leaves you breathless. Uh, So I think in this case, I'm just gonna hedge my bets and give it a three. I think music maybe could have improved it, but I understand the choice not to go with it. My, yeah, my thought there is that if they used music to maintain the intensity of the interruptus, the music would have to stop dead the second we know Bryony is there. Yes. (laughs) Yes, it would. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that's why I think of soundtrack time. I think it makes incredible use of time. I think it's beautiful. We get such great buildup and the fumbling of hands and the raking up the skirt over her knee and her, you know, unbuttoning his pants. I think there's really effective use of time to sort of get to that frantic, furtive feeling. Yeah, I think it's mm-hmm. pretty good. I can't say I would want it to go on longer. Yeah, I definitely don't feel cheated by the time on this one, as I, yeah. I often watch a scene and think, oh yeah, I could have spent another moment just stewing in that amazingness. But this is so intense that it's almost like, yeah, that was enough. Right, exactly. I, I'm I'm tempted to give it a five. Are you in agreement? Uh, yeah, I think that's fair. A? A is next. Authenticity. (laughs) Every single time. At least you're going in the right order this time. Thank you. Authenticity. Now, how wet is that pussy? (laughs) I mean, a whole summer of buildup. You might might need a bucket and a mop for that wet ass pussy. (laughs) (laughs) But I would argue, I would counter. Uh, she came from dinner with her parents and her brother. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, she did, I guess I could, I could concede. She did get kind of a dirty letter, uh, before the dinner party. So maybe that has gotten her thinking about it. Man, have you, have you ever been around people and gotten a dirty text and just been like, (gasps) oh no. I wonder if this is just the 1930s version of that. It kind of is. <laughs> Where you just have to exist with that and hope no one notices. And he sent a sext that he didn't mean to send. <laughs> at least it went to the right person. My God. Yeah. I mean, it, not at first. It went to her sister first. Mm. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would need more foreplay <laughs> than... <laughs> Just being sort of kissed for 30 seconds and then up against a bookshelf. For me, more than, well, not more than, I guess equal to the timing of it all is the being upright against a bookcase thing. Mm. Have you ever had, okay, mm, mm, maybe too much information. Have you ever had <laughs> sex standing up? I have not. Mm. I've done sexual things with people standing up. But having not uh, a cock of my own, at least on my person at all times, (laughs) I have not been in this position. So I don't really know. It's it's very fanciful, this scene. Uh, I think I would rate it lower on authenticity, but much higher on heat. So I'm I'm noticing that those are kind of inverse sometimes uh, that we're talking about. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So I think for authenticity, I might give it a two. That feels pretty accurate. All right, then. Now, Heat, I am bringing you just some good shit right here. This is like a six out of five. (laughs) This is very hot. It's the kind of hot that you only get from someone that you've kind of known for a long time. And you're like suddenly seeing them differently. And it's like, oh, I, I... I don't know. I I didn't think of you that way before, but now you're all I can think about. And it's so good. (laughs) It's a very specific feeling and it captures it so well. Uh, So, yeah, I think this is incredibly hot. A solid five out of five. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then production value. I love it so much. As I said, I love the way that the um, focus really helps to uh, narrow in their their world to each other. And I love the editing. I love uh, the like short shots that we get that are not, again, not too much, but they're just evocative in a certain way of the feeling that they're going through. There's just nothing more masterful than that sequence of four shots, her shocked face, his sort of disbelieving face, little briny, and then them in the wide. Yeah. Those four shots. Ugh. It's magnificent. Everything from 
the staging to the choreography to the framing, the editing, the costuming, <laughs> the acting. Yeah. It is all magnificent. Yeah. I think I'm I'm safely giving this a five out of five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man. Oh man, that was some quality content. I appreciate you. Thank you. I'm only bringing the quality content today. I'll be back on my bullshit soon. Don't worry. <laughs> I have no doubt. <laughs> being back on our bullshit, do we have a super scientific survey? Uh, we sure do, Kate. So our super scientific survey that we did today was asking the question, you're in flagrante and someone accidentally comes in the room. What do you do? And the possible answers were, accept that the moment's passed and do your best to make it not embarrassing. Get the interloper to leave and try to pick up where you left off or other. So let's see. This is my first time really seeing what everyone said. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Kate, we what? have some horny friends. I love that for us. We have 100% of responses has said, Get the interloper to leave and try to pick up where you left off. Oh, my goodness. Did we get any additional That's thoughts? That's beautiful. No, that was really it. Wow. Everybody was just like, get those uh, uglies back bumping. Yeah. I. That's wonderful. And uh, hopefully won't ever happen. I don't particularly want to go through this. My God, definitely not by a sibling. <laughs> Nope, 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 definitely not. Uh, yeah, uh, certainly not a child. Um, I think it's it's fair to say the mood is ruined in that case specifically. Yeah, so Kate, what do we do at the end of a podcast? We have to do all of the call to actions that people do on podcasts. So we've we've come to the end of another episode, which means all that's left is for you to write to us. We want to know what you're watching, what you think we should be watching. <laughs> we already watched Bridgerton, so shut up and what you want to hear us talk about. <laughs> so yes. you can get us. Our website is letsgetitonfilm.com. You can email us at info at letsgetitonfilm.com. We're on Twitter and Instagram. At Let's Get It On Film. Mm -hmm. Check us out where you get your podcasts. Um, mm -hmm. And check out the Let's Get It On Film Fuck Jams playlist on Spotify. When you go to our website, you will find uh, even more smutty content. Um, we post on each episode uh, the videos that we look at, providing we can find them online. Sometimes they are too hot for TV. <laughs> <laughs> but you know if you feel like the spirit moves you leave us a review on itunes or whatever that's it that's it man like and subscribe and review <laughs> us <laughs> hey fam hey fam like and subscribe if you're into this <laughs> so uh that's all we got keep it pervy yeah keep it pervy oh my god Brothers